Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA for Money show, episode 78. In this show, we will be reviewing UFC Vegas 19, Blades vs. Lewis, this last Saturday, and previewing UFC Vegas 20, Rosenstruck vs. Gone. More heavyweights. Now, I want to quick throw anyone in the chat who's hopping in right now, hopping in early. Let's just get you throw in there where you guys are all watching from. We're curious how, how far reaching we are at this point. I want to see where everyone's from. So we'll put that away in the chat. We'd love to see it. I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind here with Real Mike. Mike Kobaver at Don't Cope Just When. These are all Twitter handles, if you please. And Mike Gilman at Mikey Gills. That is Gills with a Z. You can also follow the show at MMA for Money Show. Again, that is all on Twitter. Real Mike, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful, man. Stoked to be here to talk about some more UFC this weekend and be here with my three amigos, two amigos. <laughs> hey, there's there's someone in the ether that's an amigo. We could we could, we could put that yes. in there. It's the, it's the the soft, silent, but powerful yeah. amigo. Uh, Mikey Gills, what about you? How's life? How are you surviving? I am hurting right now. I'm not going to lie to anybody watching the show. I have been on basically a four day bender on a ski trip. I'm going to be mixing my beer with Gatorade tonight. That's how I'm feeling, but let's get through this. We're going to power on. Yeah, we're going to power on. <laughs> well, so far we have uh, people hopping in from Douglas, from Rolla, and from Kansas City. How are you all people doing? By all means, throw on. And as you come in, let us know where you are watching from. Um, we the Made for Money show is here live on HAPS if you're watching on HAPS. Um, also, if you are subscribed to us on here, you can also decide to be a monthly sponsor. We have reached a point where we could take accept monthly sponsorship for as little as a dollar a month. It helps cut some of these production costs. So we can keep doing this for you people, keep it free and all that crazy jazz. But you can find the show on HAPS, as we've already said, Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, RSS Feed. We also are on YouTube, streaming there live now, as well as having the shows there after the fact. Subscribe. You will never miss a show. Like, comment, share, man. I I want more reviews. I need more reviews on Apple because it just makes me feel good. And when I feel good, the show is good and everybody wants a better show. So we're going to do a quick review, literally just going to steamroll through these. We might hit a few mainly low points, but um, exciting points from the last card before we go into UFC Vegas 20. So let me burn through this for this Blades versus Lewis card. Drucker Coast versus Lewis Pena. Oh, that one got canceled. Eamon Zahabi showed that he has a little bit more of his brother in him than not and also looks questionably like Ariel Hawani, but he got a finish there. He got a <laughs> KO overhand right in the first. Julian Arosa made us all just like rub all the shame on our faces by laying that <laughs> flying knee on Nate Landwehr, which apparently is his go-to-sleep button. So in the future, anyone that can yes. actually throw a flying knee is going to take out Nate Landwehr. Well, we got to pause. We got to pause. We got to pause. Because our first official active sponsor, Ryan Richardson, Mr. Kick Your Bass himself, is Yo, having buddy. a chat in Kansas City. Got to give him credit. That is our first sponsor there. You will get amazing shout-outs 
like that if you decide to sponsor the show. I will just straight stop the show for you and roll out the red carpet. Next up, Tom Aspinall got her second round rear naked choke. It was sorry, it was beautiful. That one, that one we might actually have to jump back for and talk about. Um, Sergey Spivak beat Jared Vandera, which is rough. Um, Chase Skelly versus Jamal Emmers had the oddest fight in the world as only one man entered the cage. And then afterward, sang Tenacious D for the crowd. <laughs> um, Eddie Wineland got completely laid out by John Castaneda. Um, O'Neal got the ground and pound win over Shayna Dobson. We could skip past that one. Jared Gordon beat Danny Chavez, which I'm a little upset about, mainly because earlier in the week I had thoughts about going with Gordon, but hey, I decided to go bigger and it failed. Uh, Alves versus Zappanini or the Sabbath Martini, as I like to call him, got canceled. Phil Hawes got a majority decision over Nazarene Imovov that I don't agree with. Glad we didn't end up betting Imovov there. We would have got screwed. Derek Minner, I'm not sure at this point if Minner is better than I thought he was or Charles Rosa was never as good as I always thought he never was. Alex Olenek got absolutely killed by Chris Dawkins. Which is, I mean, that's just going to happen. We're learning yeah, that. He's, he's going to be our dude. Oh, boy. Uh, my boy, Blue. Uh, Yana Kunitskaya beat Kalen Vera by a decision, I guess. I don't know. I, I honestly wasn't paying too much close attention to this one. So some say it's a robbery, but I mean, I don't know. She, she kind of has the Tiago Santos bump, if you know what I'm saying. And she, she gets the decision. Curtis Blades got utterly uppercutted into oblivion into a fight that he was clearly coasting in because he doesn't know how to mesh his wrestling with his striking as good as we all wish he would. And Derek Lewis cost me money again. <laughs> I, I, never bet, I never bet against Derek Lewis after that Volkov I, loss. I, I said, literally only did. I stopped after he almost cost me money against Shamil Abdurkamahiov, I'm totally butchering that, where he like decided to lay on his back for like four rounds and almost not get the inside the distance, which is what I bet. And then he got yeah. it. So I'm like, I'm never betting on this guy again or against him. And then I broke that rule when I went with Curtis Blades. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. If you go back on the podcast last week, man, I, I called and I said, if he uppercuts or lands a knee, he is going to be screwed. And I could not believe it, bro. Well, we've already told you. I would love, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say I would love to offer some more on this, but I literally got to watch about eight seconds of the entire fight card. So I'm just sitting here like, yeah, cool. We were skipping you anyway. <laughs> well, then what you need to do is you need to go back and watch your man, Chris Dawkins, just lay waste. Dude, oh, I, saw, straight, I saw the only hot. That was four of the seconds that I saw. Both, <laughs> both of our prospects just absolutely dominated. Tom Aspinall and Dawkins, we rode you guys hard last week. You guys go listen to our show last week, and we rode you. We, told, we gave you mad props. We were on you, mm -hmm. and you showed up hard. Well, that was the most last fight card. I said we were going to burst through it, not because we wanted to spend not enough time on it. I mean, I, you know, since we talked about our horrible betting night, because Nate Landwehr decided to like put a magnet in his chin for knees. We got to get our result there. Uh, Mike Gills, how'd you do on DraftKings? Uh, it was a rough night. The one thing that I could see as opposed to the fights was my DraftKings score not increasing like I had hoped it would. <laughs> ended up doing three. Ended up doing three, uh, three of six to three hundred and twenty-six points. The one highlight, we don't have to go through the whole thing because it's a little bit depressing, but the one highlight I want to throw out there is I did switch to the Eamon Zahabi pick. He ended up cashing out for 103 points. Nice. Super patient in that first round. He found that right opening. He sent that uh, that perfect counter, sent Rodriguez to the shadow realm. We just talked about Dawkins. The money train rolls on forever. It's, it left the station. If you're on it, you're on it. Speaking of trains, Nate Lamware. 
not on that one anymore. But it's kind of good, though, because if you are going to lose by the same move over and over, I feel like you can market that a little bit. Jared Vandera, I went against my own rule for that, basically said, like, if you're can crushing on the regional scene, you have to look amazing doing it. He didn't look amazing. I overestimated his abilities. He lost. Curtis Blades, we just talked about it. That was sad. Oh, no, not the greatest night. That's two weeks in a row. Two weeks in a row, not the best. I'm over it. Starting to, starting to new this week. I've got my Gatorade. Let's go. <laughs> oh, my yeah, God. I mean, Go for it. I want to give a quick shout out to a few uh, people that have hopped in the chat, and then we'll go right back to you. Well, we got uh, Prime himself hopping in there. We got, oh, sorry, God, scroll. too many people you hopped in. I got to actually scroll back to give a shout out to properly to some of the people we have going in here. Think, uh, we got Derek Sparks hopping on here. A few other people, uh, Aaron Weinbaum hopping in there. Got that. And now my uh, real Mike, sorry for hopping on you, but should I give credit to these people? We're, we're already breaking 129, which we're pretty pumped about considering. Uh, we thought we would lose quite a few on this show. So we got a good start. We got a good start. So go for yeah, it. Yeah, with Nate, you know, obviously sad I picked them in general. But, you know, what was ringing through my damn head was something that Mikey Gill said, I believe it was last week, is uh, he's got too much bang, bro, in him, I think he yeah. said, or too much Julian Lane. I yep. fucking I fucking could not. But it just kept <laughs> ringing through my damn head. And I was like, motherfucker, how did I not see the fucking Julian Lane in you? I hate yeah. you, Nate Lamwear. I'm jumping off the train. I'm done. It was, uh, the, again, I couldn't watch the fight, but when my brother texted me and said he got flown out by a flying knee, I thought he was messing with me. I was like, not again, like not another knee. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's You're like, Hey, there's only one way he's going to lose. And it's such a low percentage <laughs> move that why would we even worry about it? And then he was like, Oh, Hey, I want to get hit in the, in the face with the, with the knee. I mean, like I, like, I know I wake up some days and I feel that way, but like it goes away after I've had my coffee, but apparently he well, never got to that point. It's possible. It's possible. Maybe there's a method to his madness. Maybe he knows that Jorge Masvidal is a money fight and he's trying to angle himself to get in there somehow. Ooh. Different weight class. Don't have to worry about any of that. This guy knows how to fatten his wallet. I respect it. This is true. Uh, Jamie Birch, how am I doing? I'm, I'm a little tired, but it's okay. <laughs> but that's that's just my normal uh at this point you, you just got to reach your new normal uh we're hopping in on UFC Vegas 20 Rosenstruck first gone because you know what this is an exciting fight card and we're moving on to the next. You always got to move on to the next. You can't win them all. Usually after we have a bad week, we usually have two to three great ones. So there we go. Um, first up, we have Dustin Jacoby, minus 185, versus Maxim Grishin. Real Mike, tell me about this one. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Jacoby, you know, he's really, really good, well-rounded fighter. Uh, I, I, I'd like his overall uh, game. This hit versus Grisham, you know, this this is gonna. I, I keep going back and forth between the two of them. Um, so, something in me like has is thinking that Grisham could somehow pull it off, but I, I just I, I'm not sure, man. I, I'm I don't have the best read on this one, but I'm gonna go with uh, Jacoby. Uh, yeah, well, I'm gonna stay right on Jacoby then. $8,500 on DraftKings, you know, Factory X guy. Like as far as his MMA career goes, he's won three of his last. He's won his last three fights, but he's actually been doing a lot more kickboxing and boxing lately than he has MMA. But his last two fights have been MMA, and after winning on Dana White's Contender Series, he beat Justin Ledet in his UFC like re-debut, I guess you would call it. But you know, stylistically, really solid kickboxer, fast, accurate, throws in volume, but also picks his shots when he's got you hurt. This guy's just like a really athletic fighter. He's had multiple D1 scholarships, football and basketball. This fight's at 205. We talk about it all the time in those heavier divisions. Athleticism is basically a skill unto itself. So you add in this guy's natural talent with all the work that he puts in on the feet. He's a problem for anybody going up against Grishin at $7,700. And he's 36 years old, not the fastest guy in the world, but you know, pretty technical, can throw everything on the feet, good on the ground. 
But one thing I do like that Grishin does that I think will work in favor in this fight is that he's really good at taking advantage of over-aggressive opponents. Like, he's really good at grabbing guys and working them from the clinch, and I think that's probably going to be a big part of his game coming into this fight against Jacoby, who's just the kind that's going to try to hunt you down. They're in that smaller cage. I think they're going to be in there, like, in each other's faces all night. So my pick for this has to be Jacoby for DraftKings. You know, he's a finisher, and I think he's got the tools to put away anyone on the feet. So pretty solid recommendation here. Like, Grishin, though, smaller cage. If he can slow Jacoby down, I think we're looking at a chance for a low-volume decision win or maybe even a late stoppage. Like, there's worse dogs in the slate for sure, but uh, pick is Jacoby. Yeah, I'm going to have to echo a lot of that on uh, Jacoby. I, I really do think that in terms of striking, like, obviously, he kind of, like, faltered in glory a little bit. He, he looked okay, um, but he's a far better technical kickboxer than many of the guys he's facing within the UFC. And as long as someone's willing to strike with him, they're playing right into his hands. And I don't think uh, Maxim Grisham has Grisham. Sorry. I always want to say Grisham, even though I know it's not. Um, if he's not going to have a overly wrestling heavy game plan, Justin, Dustin Jacoby should be able to just light him up on the feet. Um, I think he's going to be able to basically lay out his plan. And I, Honestly, thinking it's going to be a finish, I do think it's going to be a decision for J Dustin Jacoby, which makes you a little nervous on a minus 185. It's pretty steep for someone that's going to let someone be in there for three rounds. I don't think he's necessarily going to get the finish, but I like Dustin Jacoby for the pick here. Next up, we have Ronnie Lawrence, minus 160 versus Vince Cachero. Mikey Gills, break this one down for me. Yeah, let's uh, start off on Ronnie Lawrence, 8,600 on DraftKings. He's coming off the Dana White Contender Series fight against Jose Johnson. He was the biggest underdog on that card, absolutely dominate him. Also has that 6-0 amateur record. Uh, stylistically, very solid MMA grappling. Great takedowns, uh, particularly the body lock takedowns, and that's going to be important. But even on the feet, like once he's got you thinking about that takedown, he fires off a lot of leg kicks. Really smart approach, keeps you off guard. Uh, things that I don't like, he can get a little careless when he's trying to get the takedown. He lets his chin hang out there. That's not good. The other thing is that he tends to jump on submissions really quickly. He doesn't lock in his position first, and he ends up losing them. Going up against Cachero here at 7,600. Uh, had a pretty good career until he ran into Casey Kenny in LFA. Then he got beheaded by a knee, and things really haven't been the same for him since. He's lost three of his last four. And the one fight I want to focus on is the one he has against Ludovic Shalinian. Uh, it was a pretty close fight until Shalinian started shooting for those takedowns. Cachero was able to sprawl out of a few, but it's when Shalinian switched to the body lock takedown that Cachero just didn't have an answer for it. And I went back and I watched a few of other Cachero's uh, fights, and you can see that's kind of a pattern. He just doesn't really have the strength to fight people off when they lock up on him. So I think if Lawrence is able to get close and get a hold of him, this becomes his fight to lose. And I'm going to bet that that happens. Like, Cachero's in that rough stretch of his career. He's 31, lost three of his last four. Now he's given an, be give, being given an opponent who can throw him around. I just don't like that for him. So I'm taking Lawrence by decision uh, for DraftKings. That repeated takedowns, volume striking should be good enough to uh, justify his $8,600 price tag. So I like Lawrence in this fight. Yeah, uh, Mikey did a great job breaking that down. Uh, like you said, Vince Conchero is a one in three in his last four from Factory X is pretty much the only thing uh, that I like about him and that he's got pretty decent boxing. Um, but I, I just don't know, you know, with uh, Ronnie Lawrence, uh, like Mikey, you know, pointed out, he's going to be uh, longer. He's going to be able to, you know, do things to Cachero that he doesn't like. He's, you know, already had uh, rough experiences in the octagon, like Mikey said, versus Kenny and Emmers. I, I, I think this is a, a softball they're throwing up or a beach ball to Ronnie Lawrence. So I'm going to go with Lawrence to, to win this fight. Yeah, I don't got much to add to this. I think uh, they want, like you said, I think this is softball. So this trying to get Lawrence a win and uh we'll sorry about that lag issue so I'm not too much there just quick pick for Lawrence and yes you know thank you 
Derek, I do think my hair looks pretty fantastic today. I mean, obviously, I'm the only one not wearing a hat, but I mean, haircut on Friday. So here's hoping we keep it lined up. We'll get a beard trim on this Friday, too. We'll line that stuff okay. up, keep it nice. You got to keep the beard going in the wintertime because working outside, the cold weather, although it's pushing 40 now. But last week, it was seven degrees. So <laughs> 57 today. Hey, I, I just got to, I got to rep, but it was seven last week. <laughs> I got to represent my boy's uh, company melon brand. So that's why I got no hair. But you keep saying you got to represent, but yet I have not seen a hat in my mailbox at any point. That's that's true. Cause you sent me five and they're all inside of my room. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, thank you to prime uh, himself for the super clap award and Ryan Richardson for the waterworks, the yummy and the stay safe work, man. Some of these awards are, pretty fantastic i'm very much appreciating that <laughs> we have a uh the next fight is basically they should have a pose off either at the beginning or the end of the fight i'm thinking before maybe or maybe after after all the lactic acid is built up we have alonzo menafield he is minus 110 versus william knight who is also minus 110 here we have a pick em, fellas so real mike talk to me about these what's the plural of adonis Adon, Adon I. There you go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Beautiful, Mikey. Yeah, this is gonna. This is gonna be. This is gonna be an absolute beautiful fight, man. Not not only just the bodies on these dudes, but just the just the absolute savages of the two. Uh, William Knight's nine and one. He's got really good heavy leg kicks and good transitions on the ground as wrestling and jujitsu. Uh, the only thing bad about William Knight that I, I kind of just gives me a little uh, eerie feeling is that he leaves his chin open a little bit, and and that could you know be uh detriment to him in round one alonzo menafield nine and two um you know what do you mean you know big huge muscly dude super powerful but his gas tank is terrible man he's definitely a one round wonder to me uh, i really like this uh william knight kid i think that he's this is the spot for him to shine uh that's why you have a pick him here between alonzo menafield who you would think would be a much more favorite in the situation so i'm going with knight all day yeah, Menafield versus Knight, nine and two versus nine and one. Someone's nine has got to climb. I used to be a rapper. I rhymed uh, one. Sorry. Uh, oh, Jiminy Crick, Jiminy Cricket's back. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, right away, just like I see this fight, and I think back to Alonzo Menafield's last two fights. Like one was that pretty one-sided decision loss to Devin Clark. Uh, you know, leading into that fight, Menafield had never, never been more than thirty-two seconds into the second round. And it's always a mystery as to what's going to happen when a fighter gets pushed. And, you know, we found out. Menafield really, really struggles when the fights go on for a long time. So next time he comes out against OSP, the decision master himself, Menafield looks a little tentative as the fight went on. Couldn't deal with the kicks. Worried about his gas tank. He comes out almost like, like Alpha Ginger in his last fight. You know, he just not doesn't press the fight like we're used to seeing him. Comes out in the second round, still too worried about it, and gets knocked dead by OSP for it. So what now? Well, now Menafield has to go in there with another striker as the same power he has, but has also shown that he, he can go three hard rounds against other very talented strikers. Like a lot of people were really high on Alexa Kamer. Not me, but a lot of people were. Knight didn't just win, but he showed he showed he's more than a walking haymaker in that fight. Like we've seen him get out wrestle against Cody Brundage before, but survived to get the knockout against Kamer. Knight had improved wrestling, both offensive and defensive. He was firing off some good kicks, you know, showing that he can adapt to a different strategy mid-fight, just something we haven't seen Menafield do yet. So I'm going to roll with Knight here. And like, you know, I've seen him went ugly a couple times. I've seen him light people up a couple times. He's got huge hands, better gas tank, seems to fight a little smarter. And you always want someone at the turn. And I think for $8,200, he's just a really solid mid-range play. So William Knight for me. And as far as Menafield goes, though, he is a knockout guy at 8000 You could do worse for underdogs. 
Yeah, one odd thing, and, I, and we usually bring it up in most every show, there's almost no discussion or preemptive talk of what we're going to pick and who we're going to go for. So the times that we all agree is always like a nice little thing. And uh, not only do we all agree, but uh, William Knight is actually going to be my pick and bet on this fight card. Uh, he's at the minus one test. That's going to be to win you guys one unit. So that's going to be 1.1 units to win you guys one unit. That's our first official bet of this let's, card. Let's go, uh, baby. Be, like for many of the reasons you guys said, it's like I do like I like Alonzo Menafield, but I do think that in the long run of the fight, he slows down tremendously and he can't handle uh he gets hit a lot. Yes, Knight can get hit in the chin quite a bit, and that first round might be a little sketch. Um yes, I said sketch. I immediately regret that decision. <laughs> I'm trying to make sketch happen. <laughs> I don't think I've ever said that in my entire life. So this is honestly odd. Uh, actually, a quick little side thing. If you are watching the show and one of the other guys is talking and they don't say something funny and you notice me snicker, it's because people in our comments are hilarious. I'm just, put, I'm just putting that out there. Periodically, I just get a nice little giggle by what's going on there. Um, but yeah, really, really big on William Knight here. He has, uh, in my opinion, faced and beat the better competition. I do think he has a better gas tank and he has he has a more varied striking game. And honestly, he's just a terrified human being. And there's some extra points to that. And as I said before, maybe either before or after they could have a pose off for like a little, like a little extra bonus money, like maybe performance of the night, like the legit performance of the night, like just flexing the appropriate positions. Yeah, rambling, but still, the, the bet is going to be William Knight. Sorry, had to quick write a few things down. That's for later stuff. That's for later stuff. You'll all get there at some point. And obviously those little highlight videos we had of those two guys is pretty insane. So we're going to take that fight, which is like, man, that's a good fight. So we're going to talk about the next fight, which is, you know, that next fight. And that's Alexis Davis <laughs> is plus 170 versus Sabino Mazo. Of course 200. I get it, right? Yeah, I know. But the, no? Yeah, I think coming to me on this one, I think. Yeah, they're oh, they going the other way. Okay, just, sweet, for, sweet. Again, for those of you not watching the video, you're missing amazing hand comedy. This is called hand comedy. Uh, Mike Gill has talked to me about Alexis Davis versus Sabina Mazo. Yeah, Alexis Davis, 7,300 on DraftKings. Mazo going off for 8,900. Uh, right away, the pick for this fight is uh, Mazo, Mazo, however you want to pronounce it. You know, young, talented, good striking, good volume. Uh, basically, they're setting her up against Alexis Davis. Like, no disrespect to Davis, but she's 36 years old. Style's boring. She hasn't won a fight since 2017, and this just feels like the UFC is making this fight for a reason. Mazo has won three straight. Davis has lost three straight. UFC, I see what you're doing. The only question I have here is, is her DraftKings price worth it? $8,900 for a girl who just doesn't finish enough people. It's kind of a tough ask, but her volume's good. She's cracked 100 points in two of her last three. I think she's a safe pick. I'm definitely going to be playing her, but I don't know if I can recommend her for the optimal lineup just based on other fighters around her price, but I guarantee you I will be playing a lot of her on this weekend. Mazo, 8,900. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is my absolute favorite type of MMA, you know, is the <laughs> upper, upper, upper echelon, you know, women's MMA. This just really gets me out of, out of bed. Uh, I, I don't know. You know, what do you say? Alexis Davis uh, should have retired a long time ago. Uh, she, what does she look like? That that dude on a uh, science of lambs, Buffalo Bill, uh, with the little dog, the poodle. What, what was the you know the dude that's uh, trying to put puts the lotion on the skin? 
Well, you said oh, Buffalo um, Bill. That Buffalo was his Bill, name. yeah. Said, okay, yeah, perfect. So, yeah, Buffalo yeah. Bill. Yeah, Alexis Davis and Buffalo Bill, they look like they could be family members. Uh, you know, either way, she's terrible, man. I I, I would never, ever better in my life. Mazo's going to whoop ass. This is a big softball, uh, volleyball, whatever you want to call it, thrown up so that Mazo could absolutely just beat up Alexis Davis. Um, she, he, Alexis Davis is slow. She's flat-footed. I mean, she, dude, go back and watch videos of her. And when she's eating punches, she leaves her chin out there, and she's just wobbling forward like a zombie, uh, kind of like Ben Rothwell walked forward eating punches on JDS and the like. Uh, she's just terrible, man. Uh, is Mazo worth it? Uh, probably not, but is she going to win? Definitely going to. Uh, but gross, bro. Gross MMA. I'm sorry you guys got to see this. <laughs> so, so sorry, I'm laughing at that because I just wanted to like give a recheck over their topology because it's it's been a minute since I uh, delved deep into Alexis Davis because no one wants to. But I forgot that her nickname was the Alligator, which is bad. At least Mazo has Colombian Queen. I'm like, I'll, I'll give you that. And it's actually on a winning streak, which is something that Alexis Davis, had, Alexis Davis hasn't had in, in in quite a few years. Uh, last time she had back-to-back wins was in 2017, and it was against the likes of Cindy Danwa, which that's just another level of up into itself right there. Um, see, you know what? You know, Ryan... Mr. Kick Your Bass, you don't have to be giving us all of these awards anymore, man. You're an official sponsor. You're at this next oh, tier wow. of like this is this next tier where yeah. like you're too I, good I, for it. Man. I'm thinking that was for my Silence of the Lambs Buffalo Bill thing, but um, you know, thanks. The creative the creative genius one was. I'm gonna go the stay yeah. safe ones. I think that just has to do with like I know, I was just joking. I feel like you, you need to wash more. I think that's the way he's trying to get at. He knows, dude. It's terrible. <laughs> I need to get in the shower. Uh so sorry. Uh the hard part is this. Oh, we got Lynn hopping in from Calgary. How are you doing? You just quick to hop in. Um, thank you to the 588 people we have hopping in here already at almost the halfway point of the show. Vince, he's Vince, Vince Guzman's in here. Man. Sorry, we got all of our old standard, standard people are starting every, to hop in here. Which I Every appreciate. time Vince hops on, it says like, hello from Alhambra. Like I used to live in Philly where the ECW arena was the new mm-hmm. Alhambra. I see that and I just get automatically get amped up. I just see like the Sandman drinking a beer. I'm sorry, I'm focused right now. I'm ready to go. It's all good. Although I asked him last time, and apparently that's in California. I was like, I'm bad at my California geography. You guys got too many cities. <laughs> <laughs> I just stick with with uh, Illinois, where we have like the one major one, and then like yeah. two or three that are in like the couple hundred thousand range, and then everything else is small town. <laughs> right, right. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but more you know what? Pe- the- more of a Peoria man myself. But you know, it's fine. I got nothing against Peoria. I know plenty of people that went to school there. So. It's not that far. It's like 45 minutes to an hour from me, but all good. Um, The next fight was going to be awesome. It was going to be truly awesome. I was going to have a bet on it. It was going to be great, but Randy Brown fell out of the fight, and now we have Ramazan, give me a minute, Karamagamedov, boom, versus Alex Cowboy Oliveira. Um, (laughs) Ooh, quick pause. Happy birthday. It's Lynn's birthday. Thank you for joining us on your birthday from Calgary. I mean, I appreciate that. I hope we can make it a little bit better. And thank you for talking and grubbing media at Quinton Congress, who just subscribed to us. I appreciate that. And now that you've subscribed, I mean, sponsorship is just one click away. (laughs) So, yeah, I don't got much on Ramazan. Uh, I know a few of the guys he's fought. I look back on them, and they're halfway decent fighters. But he is very inexperienced. And Alex Oliveira still will come at you like a bull. And has 
again, like 15 children from 12 women. So on the same block. So you got to give him some credit every once in a while. So pick Alexander Oliveira, Alex Oliveira, no odds still. I was going to wait till the show started and I'll try to do a refresh while these guys talk. But uh, real Mike, give me something on at least Alex Oliveira. The other guy, you can kind of yeah. guess. Well, I, I went back and looked at Ramazan a little bit. And what I did see is that he, he is a finisher. He does uh, finish some of his opponents. And I do like that. And he doesn't buy submission. So this could play into his hands with Alex Oliveira because that's pr probably the weakest part of Alex Oliveira's game is his ground game. Um, other than that, though, Alex Oliveira is the veteran. He's got way more experience. He's absolutely fucking explosive. Um, this guy, you know, he's only been training MMA for like five, six years or something like that. He was a former uh, professional bullfighter. Uh, I, you know, he's he's amazing athletic-wise, but, you know, um, he doesn't make the smartest decisions sometimes. So that's what – that's just – that's it would be hairy for me to bet him or to put him in my – I guess my DraftKings lineup – because I just I just don't know what you're always going to get, and if this guy Ramazan has a really good ground game and it's more experienced than uh, Oliver on the ground, it could uh, give him fits, and because that's his Achilles heel in my opinion. So uh, I, on this fight specifically, I don't I don't have a lot of like I said on Ramazan other than that, but this is, just seems weird, man. But so I'm going to go with Oliver for the OG, but don't if Ramazan gets him on the ground and gets his back, I could see a submission coming. Yeah, just uh, Ramazan Kuramak. Kuramaga Medal. All right, Jesus. God, sorry, I, it's times like this. I just missed Mike Goldberg. Like, he would be having a field day with this. Yeah. I don't look. I'll be honest. I had a very busy weekend. I was out on a ski trip. I got home just in time to go to work, really hungover. Probably shouldn't have said that in public, but whatever. It's fine. Um, I didn't have a chance to look into this fight at all, is what I'm trying to get at. Obviously, you know, Cowboy, been watching that guy fight for years. Have no idea about Kura Magomedov. I didn't watch his contender series fight or anything. So I don't want to mislead you guys. I don't know. I don't want to give you guys any bad info. That's fair. Um, I don't know much about the other guy. I've been waiting on odds here uh, just to see. Obviously, I think Alex Oliveira will likely be the favorite. If you see plus money next to his name in this fight, play him. Uh, he's a finisher. He's a bully. He will come forward. Obviously, he doesn't like to get it back at him, but don't got much on this one, honestly. So just because I don't know much about Ramazan, and I have zero odds to work with. Uh, next up, we have Alexander Hernandez, the man who talked too much smack. Sorry, I just like to re like re-remember when he fought uh, Cerrone, but that's all good. Uh, he's minus 200 versus Tiago Moises, who's plus 170. Mikey Gills. Oh, shit. Talk <laughs> all good. I could tell you were busy. It's all good. But, uh, all right, sorry. I'm trying to do something. I'll go if you uh, want sorry. to. Oh, sorry, I was a little distracted. We're on Hernandez mm -hmm. Moises, I believe, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, then. Let's uh, let's start off with Tiago Moises here, going off at 7,500 on DraftKings. Alexander Hernandez, 8,700. Uh Moises, just to put a bow on it, like I'm not sure that I'm ready to get off of my I don't believe in Thiago Moises wagon just yet. Like, I don't think his fighting as Bobby Green was the robbery that some people do. I think Moises' hands look better. I think he fought smart and landed some good shots. Bobby Green didn't show up, but Moises did, if that makes sense in the way I just framed it. But like, I, I can't just erase my long history of not believing in Moises. I've been doubting this guy since he fought Rob Watley back in LFA. Uh, he's certainly better than the ground than he is in the feet. He doesn't deal with pressure very well, which is one thing that Bobby Green let him off the hook for. Alexander Hernandez is not going to have that kind of problem. He's going to bring it. He's an aggressive striker. He can throw from all angles, and Moises is just going to have a hell of a time trying to deal with it. So, like, Moises, in my opinion, is for this fight, he better bring his wrestling shoes if he wants to win because if this stays on the feet, I think it's just going to look like the first round of the Michael Johnson fight. Just Alexander Hernandez is going to be the faster guy. He's going to hit harder, have a much bigger arsenal. So the pick for me is Hernandez. I think this is a great fight just to get some more distance between him and those knockout losses that he's had. 
Uh, I think he stops Moises or just beats the hell out of him. Regardless, $8,700. I think he's well worth the price tag for mid-range play. So I'll take him. Uh, Moises, though, just his submission ability, always, always, always dangerous. So if you're looking for a dog, $7,500, you could do a little bit worse. Yeah, this is going to be a good fight. Um, I have Anthony Hernandez in this one. Uh, I think that his striking and pressure is, is going to absolutely make Moises fold. Moises has nothing to give him forward to even make him uh, feel threatened, and that's going to be a problem. And then his wrestling really isn't even that good. So um, he's just going to be a jiu-jitsu practitioner off his back, uh, you know, you know, not that you can't sub someone off your back, but it's just, it seems to be a lot harder within the upper echelon of the UFC. Alexander Hernandez now been in there with some of the, some really good fighters, man, and been uh, molded under some pressure. I really think that uh, Alexander Hernandez uh, is going to win this fight. He's going to be able to uh, full, put Moises back up against the cage and just absolutely just uh, throw hands at his face, at his body, and uh, make him fold against the ground until the ref's uh, TKO KO. Uh, I'd like to bet it at negative 140, but at negative 200, I don't like it at all. So I'm going to go with Alexander Hernandez by uh, TKO KO. Jason Torriello, our man, and made for money himself, throwing down the $5 a month monthly subscription. Thank you, sir. We are just racking that money. That's fantastic. Loving it. Thank you so much, sir. Awesome. Okay. Um, so going back to this fight breakdown, I apologize. I zigged when I should have zagged. I'm zagging back. Um, I 100% with Mike Gills on the fact that this is going to look a lot like the Michael Johnson fight, except mm -hmm. Alexander Hernandez doesn't do what Michael Johnson does, where he completely falls apart in that minute between the first <laughs> and second round, where he forgets that he's substantially better than the other guy in almost every single aspect. Um, Hernandez has the gas to keep it going. He has the gas to possibly get a finish, uh, really pour it on. And even if he doesn't, he has the ability to clearly win a decision. I mean, unless he literally just goes – Hey, Tiago Moises, I have this really weak left ankle. Would you like to tweak it? He should win. It's like, it's just that simple. And now it's up to minus 200, which is rough. Um, he was minus 185 earlier, which was a little bit better of a parlay piece. Still wouldn't want to play it straight, but I, I selfishly, I'm with real Mike. I, I wanted it to be lower because if, if it was lower, I'd be like, oh man, I should pick this guy straight. But minus 200 is a little bit steep for me, although they're finally getting to like where he truly should be. But if you see him dip anywhere, sub like minus 170, 165, anything under that, I would by all means play this straight and we could all win money together. Next up, we have two fighters, one of which has been perpetually frustrating and has stolen characters from like one of my favorite movies of all time. Alex Caceres, he's minus 210, versus Mikey Gill's favorite fighter, yes, Kevin Gloom. Let's Coombs. go. <laughs> oh, I think he needs the mic first. I'll go first. Yeah, screw it. Sure, go uh, yeah, Alex Caceres, 8,800. Kevin Kroom, 7,400. Somebody's 12 has got to go. I forgot to say their line. That actually made no <laughs> sense because I forgot to say their records. They both have 12 losses. That's what I was getting at. Uh, Kevin Kroom, you absolute son of a bitch. Uh, just brought in as a late replacement against Roosevelt Roberts in his last fight. He pulled the miracle off and took a shitload of money from people in DraftKings, mine included. Uh, I just, I hate him. I, I, I'll never forgive this guy for what he did to me. Anyway, uh, few things worth noting when Kevin Kroom last fought, I described him as an even poor man's version of Jason Knight. But what's funny about that is Jason Knight is actually the last guy to submit Alex Caceres and all Kevin Kroom wants to do is go for submission. That's his, that's his entire game. So even with that, like, you know, 
like, let's be honest, Caceres, clearly the better striker, better overall fighter, better athlete. He should absolutely win this fight, but I still have PTSD over what happened before. So I'm going to combine, I'm going to combine what I just said with Caceres low scoring uh, decision potential on DraftKings. I just can't recommend Caceres at his price tag. Kevin Kroon was put on this earth to bring chaos. And if that's your thing, go ahead and start him at 7,400. I might actually do it in this fight. Look, I, I just don't think Caceres is that good. And like, Look, 12 losses, five of them are by submission. Kevin Kroom's going to go in there. He's going to bring it to him. I think Kevin Kroom's live in this fight. As much as I want to talk trash about him, this guy was brought here to torment me. So let's go. Yeah. It. You want me to go, go for it? Yeah, this Sorry. fight. Uh, you, you, know, know, you guys got me mixed up because you're switching places. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Alex Cesare is obviously, you know, OG, you know, fought not only in the streets, but in the octagon for a long time versus many, many people. Uh, the 12 losses, yeah, that happens when you fight as many times as he does in a shorter notice sometimes and uh, as many times in a year. So that can happen. Kevin Kroom, same kind of, they're both very similar fighters on their records. Uh, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. I like Alex Cesare striking a lot more. I think that he's learned a lot uh, being here in the UFC for as long as he has. Uh, so I, I really feel like Alex Caceres, this is his fight to win. He, you know, but if he does put himself in a bad position with Kevin Kroom on and gives him his back, he, he's probably fucked, you know. But he's uh, Alex Caceres has been in there with some of the some great jujitsu practitioners, uh, even with uh, Gracie recently, and, and he did you know pretty well. So I uh, I'd like to say that Alex Caceres' OG skills will be able to uh, overcome this and uh, he'll win. Bob, can I just jump in for one second real quick? Like, if you're if you're not watching this live right now, we have a highlight package going of Kevin Kroom. Guy's an absolute maniac. He's, for whatever else we're going to say. He's, he's, he's so fun. ugly. It's truly insane. Sorry, Bob. Truly, truly, truly insane. Like, like Jim being truly outrageous, but, you know, insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> Again, we got completely confused because you guys are switching over. I'm going to have to, like, change orders. So, God, it's fine. Um, shout out to Mel M hopping in. They're on our chat. By all means, hop into the chat. We love getting questions or you people just saying stuff in there. I mean, that's linked on Periscope, here on Haps, YouTube. Anybody commenting, it's all filtering through in here, even on Twitch, I believe. Thank you to the 791 of you here currently watching live. Very much appreciate it. Even with earlier hiccups that we had, we are doing great. In terms of the fight, Alex Caceres versus Kevin Kroom. I have just been overly soured on Alex Caceres in general, and I hope that Kevin Kroom goes full show enough in the very first meeting of the two characters in the movie and just completely, utterly destroys Bruce Leroy. Sadly, I probably won't get that, but Alex Caceres is the better fighter. But like like, like from our highlight package and like Mike Gill said, Kevin Kroom is a wild man. So I would not be surprised if he just absolutely blitzes Alex Caceres and Alex Caceres is too busy trying to find his rhythm and feel the wind and the energies around him and just get utterly destroyed. So I wouldn't be shocked. There's a lot of money coming in on Kevin Kroom. He was a much bigger underdog before. He's kind of the popular underdog play. I'm not quite getting to that point. I'll say I'll pick Kevin Kroom just strictly based off chaos and my sheer dislike for Alex Caceres. So well, know that that comes with a little bit of issue. What, one more thing just to wrap it up on Kevin Kroom is like you see the way that he rushes in on people. One thing that I don't think Alex Caceres really has is that devastating, like keep you honest type of power. So, I mean, if there's a guy that's just willing to eat two or three on the way in, Alex Caceres doesn't have that one time to stop him. So, I mean, it's just something else to think about. I would still pick Alex Caceres to win this fight, but, you know, DraftKings, whatever. It's true. Next up, we have a rematch. Why we have this rematch, I'm not sure, but you know what? We got it. We have Angela Hill minus 345 versus Ashley Yoder 
plus 285. And you know what? You guys have been jumping around me so much, but I don't care. I'm going back to my original order because that's what my <laughs> notes dictate. So Mikey Gills, talk to me about Angela Hill versus Ashley Yoder. All right, nah, fair, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Angela Hill, 9,200 on DraftKings. Ashley Yoder, 7,000. Right away, uh, Angela Hill should win this fight. And right away, I'm not going to recommend her for DraftKings. If she was 8,800, I'd say lock it in for mid-range play and don't worry about it. But at 9,200, I just can't see Hill being worth it. She's only crossed 100 points once in her entire UFC run, and it was against Hannah Cyphers, who is terrible. Um, just put that on top of the fact that Angela Hill loves nothing more than to go to close decisions, lose fights that she should win, and I'm just not going to recommend her at all at this price. I mean, maybe if you end up doing a full mid-range slate, throw her in there just as a safe win, but at 9,200, I like, I like other people above and below her at that price. Yeah, I mean, this fight, uh, you know, Angela Hill, she, she, she should have won this fight. But the line is gross, man. It, it's it, I don't know who's going to throw that money line down, but there's going to be some poor fools who will and probably some fools who will parlay it. So, um, yeah, I, I see why she's favored. I see that she should win. She's definitely way more well-versed striker. Uh, she has a, a way better uh, coach from, from Eric Del Fierro over at Lions MMA, uh, training with uh, Dominic Cruz and all the boys down there. Uh, so I, I just... I, I like Angela Hill. I I have because of my personal relationship of that, but it's uh you know it's Yoder, and so I it's it, that the price tag's what scares me, bro. I, if it was just negative one eighty, Angela Hill, I'd say Angela Hill easily. Let's just do this, but uh the price tag's gross. But she should win. Sorry, I was busy jumping into our comments because that's what we do. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I don't feel bad for Angela Hill in general. In general, she loses a lot of split decisions. That doesn't necessarily mean she should have won those fights, but she's in a lot of close decisions. And honestly, you would think at this point she would adapt her game so things weren't as close as they tend to be. I would never trust her as minus three, at a minus 345 price against anybody, against a UFC debutante. I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. I refuse to do it. I will pick Angela Hill, but this is, you are begging to get upset if you put this in a parlay or anything like that. You should never trust this tier of a fighter at these extreme odds. Even if she's better, I don't care. You just don't do it because then there's that possibility of, like, same thing, Alex Caceres, boop, bobbing back a little bit. You do not trust that man at anything yeah. over minus 200. Same thing, you don't trust Angela Hill at over minus 345. It's ridiculous. Do not do it. Now, we had a little hand joke before of we went from a fight that was up here down to here. We're going to reverse that, help bring the world back into <laughs> equilibrium like Thanos as we have Pedro Munoz plus 130 against Jimmy Rivera minus 150. Real Mike, please tell me about this wonderful bantamweight fight. Yeah, this is going to be a really exciting bantamweight matchup. Uh, Jimmy Rivera, uh, super well-rounded, uh, well has a wrestling base, uh, which I love to bet on with my fighters. Super, uh, really heavy-handed and has uh, really good kicks. Pedro Munoz, on the other hand, uh, uh, relies heavily on his jiu-jitsu more than anything, but he also thinks he's a striker every once in a while and falls in love with his right hand. Uh, the problem in this matchup is that Jimmy Rivera's right hand is way, way stronger, and I believe that the all-around diverse game comes from Jimmy Rivera. His wrestling is better. Uh, his transitions will be stronger and better. He'll be more explosive than Pedro Munoz. I believe that uh, Jimmy Rivera is going to absolutely dominate this fight. I believe that uh, he's you know at the negative 150. 
50 price tag that it's uh, warranted to throw a bet down. So this will be my bet for the podcast. I'll be putting down 1.5 units on Jimmy Rivera uh, to hopefully put the lights out on Pedro Munoz. All right. Well, uh, stay right on uh, Pedro Munoz for the 7,900. Jimmy Rivera coming in at 83. I'm going to start off this prediction by digging myself a little hole to work out of. I'm going to do the highly scientific, super reliable analysis of quoting Chael Sonnen. Um, when an older fighter loses the first match to a younger fighter, he will lose the rematch only in worse fashion because historically that's accurate. Like Rivera, you look at him like he's got really solid stand up, fantastic defensive wrestling. Munoz, you know, also he's evolved with the great stand up, like a hell of a BJJ game to go with it. Like, how can I say, like, I, I just don't see him getting a chance to use it in this fight. Like, for me, it comes down to three things, and this directly ties into DraftKings. Rivera has the speed. He can move around on Pepper Munoz. He's got the volume, and when he's moving around Pepper in his shots, he doesn't need to stop to regain his wind. He can just keep throwing. And the last thing for me is that Rivera can just switch it up better. Like, if it's a close round and Rivera just needs to put a point on it, I believe he's the type of guy that can dictate whether he wants to do a takedown for 30 seconds left and just sway it in his favor. Like, he's just really good at winning rounds. And, like, I, just, I think he knows how to win decisions, and I think that's what happens here. $8,400 is not super expensive. Rivera doesn't typically score a ton of points in a win, so it's kind of up to you whether you want to play him in a pretty rich, risky spot for potentially low points. I wouldn't recommend it. So for me, Rivera's a pass, just dangerous opponent, low low point potential. Munoz, on the other hand, at 7,800, he does still, despite everything that I just said about who I think's going to win, Munoz does have all the skill in the world to pull out a win here, and I think he's going to be one of the most owned underdogs on the night. 7,800, that could be worth it. My pick is still Rivera, and I'm still a little undecided as to whether or not I'm going to play Munoz or not. One of my biggest issues uh, in this fight in general is I am, at my base, a Pedro Munoz fan. Like, I absolutely am. But one thing that perpetually bothers me about him is he doesn't fight to his truest advantages. He will fight and make the fight close. He tends to get into brawls. He doesn't, he's not as opportunistic with getting it to the ground um, and work his ground game as much, even though he's so good at it. It's like he, he has re reverted to a leg kick and throw in haze, basically. And Jimmy Rivera is so well-rounded. Um, if the dude had a granite chin, like so many fighters can have, he would be champion now. He fights smart. He fights to a game plan. He fights with volume. He has good wrestling. He has decent pop in his punches. But just because he doesn't – and he has a good chin. He doesn't have a bad chin. He just doesn't have an A-plus chin. So this is not the spot to fade Jimmy Rivera at all. This is the spot where he's going to be able to keep the fight where he wants it. He's going to be able to land more shots on Pedro Munoz and at absolute worst, I'm talking about absolute worst. He has a clear 30, 27 decision for him at the end of the night. Yeah. Especially, like especially a three round fight. I'd be more nervous if this was a five round fight, maybe, but three rounds, he can go full bore, full steam for 15 minutes and Pedro Munoz will not be able to keep up. I think Pedro Munoz could possibly gas and then Jimmy Rivera can pour it on even more later and even possibly get it finished in the latter rounds. So I'm echoing most of the sentiments here going with Jimmy Rivera in this fight at the minus 150. As real Mike said, that's another bet on this one. So that's 1.5 units to win you guys one unit writing things down. Sorry. I'd rather <laughs> say that than have a, uh, 
that dead air. Not a fan of the dead air. As you can tell by me randomly spouting gibberish every once in a while. And yes, I'm happy to see that Vince, there Vince Guzman, Vince, a.k.a. Beans, is on there agreeing with us here for Rivera. That's awesome. Next up, and again, we have a lot of this like give and take with this fight card and in this order. Like we were just, man, we were up here again. We just shot back up here and then we're getting brought back down with Montana De La Rosa plus 120 versus Mayra Bueno Silva minus 140. She's quite getting pretty uh, steamed there. These odds were much closer before. Mike Gills talked to me about the only De La Rosa from that household still in the UFC fighting Mayra Bueno Silva. I feel a little offended. I'm pretty pumped up about this fight, but it's whatever. Uh, Montana, <laughs> Montana De La Rosa, 7,800 on DraftKings. Myra Buena Silva, Bueno Silva, the opposite of what I just said, 8,400 on DraftKings. Like, no, make Dale, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you know, somebody would jump in with a no bueno, but it's, it's all good. I know. That's awesome. as high as my comedy goes. Um, starting off, like, De La Rosa is interesting. Like, every fight, she's getting a little better. Like, even in her losses, you can see that she's evolving past being that grappling only takedown or bust type of fighter. Like I brought this up before her last fight, and even though she ended up dropping the decision to Araujo, I still believe it. Like I think COVID has put her in a better position than most fighters, but like specifically female fighters because she lives and trains with her husband. Like Ronda Rousey used to joke that her mom would wake her up with arm bars. Like I don't know if Mark De La Rosa is going to be that hardcore, but he's clearly putting in the time with her, like in her ground game, and plus she's been working on her striking with elevation, and she's only 26 years old. I just think she's going to improve more in between fights than Silva will. Like Silva's definitely the harder hitter of the two. De La Rosa does have that weakness and that she's typically pretty easy to hit. You know, Silva's also very legit on the ground. She's ended almost all of her fights with subs. So she's definitely dangerous wherever this fight goes, but I need DraftKings dogs. So I'm going to stick with my stubborn theory here that De La Rosa is just improving. Like I, I think her striking is looking a little better and I'm going to roll with her in that ever improving ground game striking combo. I'm actually going to take her to win this fight. And on DraftKings at $7,800, I think we're in a good spot there with this one. So I'm taking De La Rosa. Yeah, you know, this is not this this isn't very good uh women's MMA either. Uh you know, no boy <laughs> no boy in a Silva versus La Rosa. Uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna pick La Rosa on this one just because uh I think she has the better uh, American wrestling. I feel like she's gonna have better transitions. I just don't trust the uh, no boy no uh, at all. I, I don't I don't. I just don't see much from her. You know, I don't like her striking, and I don't really like her ground game. So I'm. I'm definitely not going to pick her. So uh, De La Rosa, especially as an underdog, I think she's the play here uh, in lower echelon women's MMA. Uh, dog or pass, baby. Yeah, that's kind of a ever-present thing we got going on. Don't mind me. Still, you got to multitask while you do everything. Got 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 to multitask. Ooh, we got to. Thumbs up from Mark Goldman himself, co-founder and CEO of Haps. Thank you for tuning in as long as well as the 1.1K of you. Really appreciate that for a, Vegas, a fight night Vegas card. This isn't even a pay-per-view. So thank you for everyone hopping in here between Haps and Periscope and anything else we got running here. We really appreciate it. I mean, Real Mike said it's like in lower level female MMA fights and lower level heavyweight fights. It's kind of the same thing. We go with the underdog. And I begrudgingly have to stick with that because I think she has more. Oh, man. I don't know. This is hard. I know. I have to. <laughs> I, I, it's, this is, oh, man. You'd think this would be easy considering I have zero money on here 
And literally this pick means nothing, but it still weighs on me heavy. So I'm going to go with Montana De La Rosa because you know what? After Ooh. her husband got booed from the UFC, someone has to be a breadwinner. And you know what? New generation, it's time for her to do it. So did, <laughs> did, we, did we just triple up on De La Rosa? That's incredible. I think so, which is <laughs> that's a <laughs> I will put this out. I never thought towards the end of the night that we would all have had semi-valid reasons to go with my dad Della Rosa as a dog. That does not mean any money is going her way from us. Yeah, don't, don't don't bet your life on it. Don't get that twisted. But honestly, as we've said, always said before, and it still holds true, you stick with the underdogs. And it, I, you could probably like scratch what I used to say, even at lower level heavyweight. It's proved with money I lost this last week that just yeah. like on heavyweight <laughs> in general, you can just go with the dog. I love um, heavyweight. That's why we almost never bet on heavyweight. I make like three exceptions a year. Luckily for me, I usually go like two and one. Main events, I never go beyond that. Yeah, main (laughs) events. So I didn't do it on the show. I've kind of had a workaround. Usually if I could bet on it, but it's not given out on the show, it still usually does pretty well. I'm doing... If we say it on the show, it's almost an insta loss, which is... That's rough. Well, you know, we have something next. It's not the main event. I don't have anything on the bet thus far, although I'm trying to look for a prop to get on here just because, I mean, this fight's going to be too great to not have a little bit of action on. That's the the, the degenerate going on. But we have Nikita Krylov. Yeah, that dude. At plus plus 290, sorry, plus 190 would be different. Versus Magomed and Goliath at minus 350, the man who Paul Gregg stole his soul. Um, (laughs) Oh, man, I realized I did that later with these notes. Sorry, I apologize. Brain fart. Real like. Nikita Krylov, talk to me about that crazy, crazy man, Al Capone himself, first man uh, of an the true, true blue light heavyweight prospect. You know, I was high on Krylov, uh, you know, basically his whole entry into the UFC, and he just uh, kind of just, you know, disappoint me, basically. You know, he'd show up, and then he wouldn't show up, and so you never quite know what you get with him. But he's a really good striker when he wants to. Uh, he has a problem with uh, wrestlers. If there's, someone's a really strong wrestler and they, they can pressure him and clinch him against the fence and take him down, uh, it gives him absolute fits, and that seems to give him problems. But uh, he, he's a really well-rounded uh, fighter, though, man. I, I've, I've always liked Krilov. Um, Ankalov, you know, it, it he's this price tag's pretty hefty versus a guy uh, like Krilov who could uh, end your, your night in one punch or one kick. Um, but you know, after the the Paul Craig thing, I I have a tough time saying Ankalov's going to win this fight, especially at that price tag. Um, I I like Krilov striking. I'm going to go with the underdog here. What's Krilov? Ooh. I think that is that he can land something and get lucky here. Oh, all right, I like that. Um, uh, stay on Krylov there. 6,900 on DraftKings. Ankalov, 9,300. Uh, start with Ankalov here. Recently won that triple threat match between himself, Ion Kutalaba, and COVID. Guys, poised for big things. Let's be real. Um, huge favorite fight coming into this card. I think it's justified. Like uh, Ankalov, great striker, uh, particularly his counter striking. Great timing, big power, killer instinct. Seven of his eight wins have been fi- seven of his last eight wins have been finishes. Like this is the type of guy you want in your DraftKings lineup. But it's not it's not like I'm totally disregarding Krylov. You know, really good fighter, solid striking, uh, good submission grappling, all around very good, true finisher. Twenty six of his twenty seven wins have been finishes. Like it's kind of like a fat guy. There's just a lot to love there. You know, so like we've talked about Ankalaev a lot on the show, mostly because he's had the same fight scheduled and canceled about half a dozen times. But regardless, we've talked about him on the show. My thoughts haven't changed. I think he's a special talent, sort of like like 
Chris Dawkins. You just don't want to bet against the train when it's at full speed. So for $9,300, you have to expect bigger turns. And I think Ankalayev is good for him. Like since joining the UFC, he scored 97 or more points in four of his last five wins, uh, particularly during his last two fights, scored 118 points each. Uh, Kevin, Kevin Costner said it best in Bull Durham. Do not fuck with a winning streak. So I'm in all, I'm all in on Ankalayev here. Let's go. I mean, it all depends if you're, you're breathing through your right or left eyelid when you're yeah. about to throw and which way the garter tugs, you just need to know how hard and how fast you can throw it. it That's deep cut Bull Durham. It, it, it doesn't <laughs> can get us a rain out. It's all good. It's true. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, I was super high on Nikita Krylov. Uh, right before he left the UFC, when he was outside the UFC, and then when he first got back into the UFC, and until he was humbled, just straight humbled by the legendary Polish power. Um, <laughs> sorry, I, I almost giggle every time I say that, um, especially because he got subbed there. Regardless, uh, Nikita Krylov is a 100% offense fighter, which is awesome. It's super exciting. I love to see it. His transitions are all offense. His strikes are all offense. And part of that is dude doesn't do defense like he doesn't. So it means amazing finishes and amazing defeats. Magomed Ankalaev, if he absolutely has to, will keep a consistent game plan for the entire fight. He doesn't have a cast iron chin, but I don't think Krylov has next level power. And Krylov, although he can hit odd submissions, it's always in like an extreme Grappling exchange, putting into odd positions, whereas Magomed Ankalaev, if he's going to get it on the ground, he's going to have it in very specific positions where he can dominate and keep himself like, dude, I guarantee you he wakes up once a week and thinks of the Paul Craig fight. Like he wakes <laughs> up in a cold sweat from the Paul Craig fight. He would be undefeated in the UFC. That's why I can't bet him. So I'm not dude, him. Because that happened, though, he switched from all out i am going to destroy everybody to i'm going to try to destroy you for a short while if it doesn't happen i am going to fight exceedingly safe exceedingly safe so i keep winning so i gotta back a guy who will do anything to win i mean don't wrong nikita krylov if he beats him it's going to be some sensational it's going to look phenomenal i'm all for it pick his magomed ankle i have zero money on this fight so if nikita krylov does it I'm all good. I'm like, here I live wins. Awesome. Mega Man Inc. Alive wins, keeps that train going. All for it. This is just an, a high action, amazing co main event that I frankly can't wait to watch. So we are going to move on to the main event, another heavyweight Woo! fight. I'm so excited. For, I'm yeah, so excited fight. for this one, baby. Gigantic human beings. Oh. One more attractive than the other. We don't need to get into that. <laughs> all that matters is the attractive one. You almost always got to go with the attractive one. I, I feel like that is also a betting angle we could be looking at, the more attractive guy. I'm going to play that full bore in uh, another week or so when, I mean, the man Drew Dober is fighting. But we don't need to get there yet. We don't need to get there yet. But in, the main, <laughs> in the main event, we have Jorzenia Rosenstruck. He is plus 225 versus Cyril Gan minus 265. Ooh. Mikey Gills. Talk to me about this fight. All right. Uh, Rosenstroik, uh, 7,200 on DraftKings, gone 9,100. I talk a lot about the heavyweight division because it's always been my favorite division. Even when it sucked, it's always been my favorite. I grew up on Mike Tyson. I came into MMA when Japanese MMA was hitting uh, heavyweight at its peak and like just watching big dudes who hit like trucks. It's just nothing better. So 
Enter Sirogan. This guy, he may be leading the pack of all these new great heavyweights that we're seeing. He's super aggressive, technical, hits hard as hell, hits you with everything, switches stances, power from both sides. And if that's not enough, guy can throw you to the ground and beat you up until you quit, or he can pull a sub on you. Like this guy's a legit talented heavyweight. And right now, along with Tom Aspinall or like a Francis Ngannou, this is a guy I can see holding the belt in the future. Like I'm really excited for this. Like don't don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting Rosenstrike. This guy is legit as hell. Hands for days can go five hard rounds. He has power in his hands, and this is heavyweight. I, it, it, he, he's he's part of that group of new heavy, heavyweights. I just don't see him leading the charge like I do with Gan. And the, the thing I do like for Rosenstruck in this fight is that he has deceptive speed. He throws with those lead left hooks, and he seems to catch people by surprise. Like I've seen Gan take some shots before, like that he shouldn't take. Like maybe in like the Bozer fight we're talking about. And like if he plays that game with Rosenstruck, he might be in trouble. Like my pick for this fight, it's Gan, but. At the top of the slate for DraftKings, I'm way more comfortable taking Ankalaev at a higher price. I think Mazo might be a little safer just based on her opponent. Like, I can see this getting away from Gone and Rosenstroik having some some kind of success here. Like in a five round fight, Rosenstroik, it's only 7,200 on DraftKings. I can see a situation where, like, this just becomes an even striking battle. And in that scenario, I just think Rosenstroik he has a real shot. So I I don't hate that pick for DraftKings as a dog, but the pick for the overall fight is gone. And again, super excited for this. Yeah, well, I'm a big fan of Gon. I think he's an absolute specimen, man. Uh, he switches stances, uh, just absolute power in both hands, his wrestling and transition ability. He scrambles very, very well for a big heavyweight. Um, at Rosenstruck, I mean, I still think he's thinking about the knockout loss to uh, to Big Nganu because he seriously got sent to hell from uh, those punches. And I think he's still having nightmares and shivers and, and shivers is shiver me timbers over that shit. Uh, the fact that uh, he even lived after that is uh, surprising. The CT and trauma that he absorbed, uh, he's going to get some more this weekend because Gagne is going to absolutely devastate him. Um, you know, once you get these two guys up in the ring next to each other and you're going to see the size uh, disadvantage similar to Nganu versus uh, Surreal, uh, you're, it's just going to be uh, just flashbacks for uh, Surreal as uh, Gagne or uh, for uh, Rosenstruck as he approaches Gon. And he's just going to have just deer in headlights moment. He's going to get hit with big hands and Gon's going to put his ass down. I really wanted to bet this fight. Uh, I don't, we don't bet made events and we don't bet heavyweights. So uh, it's the reason why I didn't. But if you are a fan of Gon, uh, inside the distance is uh, probably worth money. I, it's probably like negative one. 80 or something stupid but it's still i, I believe it's going to cash man five rounds uh for a main event uh gone has more gas tank is better diverse striker and a fighter uh gone's the win this fight is difficult to break down mainly because this is not quite to the extreme lengths that last week was but in my uh breakdown of this fight you have one fighter that has the higher ceiling one fighter that's somewhat more well-rounded who is the better fighter and i would say that's Cyril gone absolutely i think he has a higher ceiling i think i like how he mixes up his game and I, I think he's just better rosenstruck is a i'm gonna say Derek lewis light so i mean obviously he's better cardio and obviously other stuff. But for the most part, like his output is not quite as low as Derek Lewis, but he can stop a fight. And like, I'm not saying he has the same type of power. And I've heard some people try to say that. I'm like, I'm sorry, him knocking out Alistair Overeem with a couple seconds left in the fight does not speak to his power. Almost no, knocked him out. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> no offense to Alistair Overeem. Love Alistair Overeem. Absolutely do. But like, 
we've not been talking about Alistair Overman having overly strong chin for the last decade or so. So better fighter, Cyril Gaon. Should win, Cyril Gaon. But after just getting some humble pie brutally shoved in and around my face, um, the last fight card, I'm going to go <laughs> ahead and stay away from most heavyweight fights. Uh, my pick would be gone. I'm going to pick gone, but I would not be overly surprised if Rosenstruck pulls this off. So uh, we are going to give a breakdown of our bets. We are going to let Mikey Gills do his DraftKings lineup after that fact. And then we're going to give you guys a little bit of a special thing that we don't normally do given the fact that one of the most famous people in the sport of boxing is fighting this next weekend. So we'll put a little bit of info out there before we bid adieu to you people and say thank you so much. But quick, before we even get to that point, I wanted to say hello and thank you for hopping in from Fort Myers Beach, Vanita Breland. We got some people that have not been in our chat before. Very much appreciate that as well as Ryan Richardson giving us even another award. You, sir are on fire you're sponsoring the show you're giving awards just i'm tickled pink over here so quickly the <laughs> brief yes i actually said tickled pink <laughs> i have a daughter it's okay we have two bets for this fight card thus far and that well only two bets on this fight card um we have the to win one unit at minus 110 on white a knight sorry Mix that up. That would have been bad. Either way. <laughs> well, white knight. You were thinking about a white knight. It's all good. I, know, it's like, like, I, mean, I had a flashback. I don't know who else did. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm recollecting myself. I'm here. Um, then we have uh, Rivera at the minus 150. That's also to win you guys one unit. Mikey Gills, if you please, would you give us your DraftKings breakdown? All right. Well, we're going to start off with the devil in the flesh himself. Kevin Kroom at $7,400. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> It's our lowest price dog in the car, so hear me out. Like, Kevin Kroon, he's not a walk in the park. Like, I know we've had some fun with him on the show before, but at the end of the day, he's a scrappy, scrappy dude with a legit submission arsenal. Like, he's an all-or-nothing grappler, and I have to respect that going against a guy like Bruce Leroy. You know, he's been submitted five times in his career. It's like real Mike says, like, once a tapper, always a tapper. And I can see a Hail Mary sub at some point. It's worth $7,400 to find out. Next up, Montana De La Rosa, $7,800. De La Rosa, She's only 26 years old. Her record doesn't really explain how good she is or how good she's getting. She had a lot of those early losses. I think this weekend it could be something like a coming out party for her. Like she's getting better every time out. She's going to be the faster girl in the cage. She's good enough everywhere to stay out of trouble. Worst case scenario, I see with her volume, she's a high floor loss, but I like her for the win. Next up, William White Knight, $8,200. Like this is this is like a spy versus spy in terms of power, but Knight's just shown to be more in terms of like, he's shown me more in terms of ability and like i've seen him fight out of bad spots i've seen him rally against guys of a clear advantage in grappling i've seen him fight hard for all three rounds and decisions i just think he's the more creative fighter of the two and if that isn't enough i just i really like his post-fight backflip thing that he does it's cool I don't know. <laughs> but uh next so next up ronnie lawrence 8600 like Simply put, I watched several of these guys fight and saw the same thing over and over again. I think if Ronnie Lawrence can get close on Cachero, he's going to ragdoll this guy. And Ronnie's style of grappling is built for scoring points. I can see multiple takedowns around, and that's how we stack up points in, in DraftKings. So give me Lawrence all day. Next up, Alexander Hernandez, 8,700. I've watched Thiago Moises for years, and I've seen him have the same flaw in his stand-up. It's a flaw that Alexander Hernandez has built from the ground up to exploit. And if, if Hernandez can keep this fight on the feet, I think he dominates Moises and takes him out inside the distance. Um, you know, this does have shit the bed potential just based on Moises grappling, but the upside is incredible. And I think Hernandez, he's just going to put on a show in this fight. Last up, 
Magomed Ankalaev, $9,300. Ankalaev, he's on the verge of becoming a top contender. Like, 205 is a bit of a mess right now in the sense that, like, we have a new champion, but instead of going after challengers, we're looking at super fights. Either way, though, that gives the contenders time to just pick one another off and just let a clear number one guy stand out. Call me crazy. I think Ankalaev can be that guy. I just see him fighting for a belt within a year after this fight's ending. So I like him for the win at 9,300, highest price guy on the card. Um, just recap real quick. The Devil, Kevin Kroon, Montana De La Rosa, William Knight, Ronnie Lawrence, Alexander Hernandez, Magomed Ankalaev. Let's go. This leaves you no, no wiggle room, no cash. But as always, this is the COVID era. I will update you guys on Twitter as when three of these fights drop off. So let's go. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like, if Kevin Krub wins, we need to get like a shirt made for you yes. that has like his crazy face with horns. It'll just, well, it, it, it'll be great. He's had that logo with the, it's like the Kevin Kroon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle logo that he puts on his banner. I'll get that as a back piece. That's a bet right now. Bro, we should, we should get a devil riding a broom, but instead of a broom, we put Kroom. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm all for this. I, just, I am all for this. Um, so we're going to give you guys a little bit of a special. Obviously, I'm not always huge uh, on boxing. Nothing against boxing. But I know that both of you watch some of the bigger fights occasionally. So just give a quick breakdown. Obviously, we have Canelo fighting this weekend. So quick breakdown on that. We got Saul Canelo Alvarez. He is a minus 5,000 favorite versus Avni Yildrim, who's plus 3,000. Canelo inside the distance is minus 900. Canelo by decision is plus 645. Yildrim inside the distance is plus 3,050. Yildrim via decision plus 3,900. My bad. Avni Yildrim, aka the Turkish Wolf, aka Mr. Robot, challenged for the IBO Super Middleweight title in 2017, lost to Chris Eubanks Jr. and the WBC Super Middleweight title in 2019, lost to Anthony Durrell. This fight is for the WBA Super. WBC and the ring super middleweight titles. Biggest wins were in Europe and Mexico against Marco Antonio Piraben, Schiller, Hippolyte, Ryan Ford, and Lalenga Mock. Now, would either of you guys like to hop in on the fact that Canelo is fighting this weekend? But let's go with Real oh. Mike first, just because I know you probably have a little bit more of a take on boxing. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big boxing fan. Uh, GGG is my favorite boxer, uh, along with Lomachenko. And uh, sadly, uh, Canelo's uh, got two victories over my boy GGG. Uh, one I don't agree with, the second one I'm okay with. Either way, Canelo's <laughs> the man, dude. Uh, one of the faces of Mexican boxing right now. Uh, I, you know, you can never doubt the power that that man has. And then now even the cardio. Uh, he, you know, it, the inside the distance, it that seems fishy, you know. Um, I, he should finish uh, this guy and almost anyone. But whenever the numbers get that fishy, uh, I would take the decision prop for uh, Canelo to win this fight. I think Canelo uh, is obviously going to dominate this fight, but I think uh, when the lines get that fishy, they get some say in there for uh, something to go longer than it should. And uh, so the decision by Canelo uh, should get this done. Uh, Abney, you know, he's been knocked out before, um, you know, by Chris Eubank Jr. And I think that uh, uh, Canelo could do that easily himself. But uh, like I said, the, the the odds are so terrible. It's like, Oh, oh, really? Canelo's going to win, Mike? You're a genius. You know, so it is what it is. I've got really nothing to add to this except for that. I saw someone on Twitter describe his opponent as like a, a comparable tie to Ivasa, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> well, that doesn't, that, sound, I, that doesn't sound good at their weight class. <laughs> yeah, no, I have no idea. I really haven't looked into that fight even a little bit. So, yeah, let's go. Well, there you go. We are going to collectively say with the utmost confidence, Canelo, 
Canelo via decision at plus 645. So just take that to the bank. Do it. <laughs> Don't put too much money on it, though. Obviously, this is the MMA for money show. Yeah. Not the boxing you. for money show. Although, we might branch. We'll find out. And we could also have a yeah. pro wrestling for money show. Yes. Because I know they have odds for those. And then that's that's when uh, Mikey Gills will be the host. And yes. I'll be comic relief. I'm actually taking auditions for uh, for side, you know, people for other co-hosts. Not that you guys don't watch wrestling. It's just, you know. Yeah. No, I don't. Like I'll I said, the, my I'll only pro the... wrestling knowledge is from the movie Ready to Rumble. I'll build the props, bro. Yeah, there we go. That works. <laughs> well, we will be back next week to review UFC 259. This is an amazing, amazing fight card that I, I'm just deciding to call the Night of Champions. Because that's basically what it is. Want to give a shout out to a couple special people here on Haps. We've had been getting such support from so many people. I mean, right now we have uh, about twelve hundred people watching live here. So, quick shout out to a couple people that are here on Haps. So, by all means, check them out. It's at Ted Hicks. Check him out at Nami Namin. He hops in the comments periodically and check him out on Haps Nameen. and and Vanita Vanita. Breland, sorry, I butchered that. It's V-A-N-I-T-A-B-R-E-L-A-N-D. She just hopped in the chat. We were talking to her for a little bit there. Thank you, Lynn, for throwing that stay safe word to polish it off. I really appreciate that. I, I, again, phrasing, I'm going to erase that in post. It's okay. Um, so before we bid full-fledged adieu until we see you guys next week for this amazing pay-per-view card, Real Mike, you got anything to say to the people before we go adios? Now, if you get a chance to look at my track net, it's my buddy from Greece. He uh, he's doing it's a it's a tracking program that you're going to be able to track your pets. So go check it out uh, if you like, love your pets. It's really cool. My track net of Greece. Um, if you uh, stay up until four in the morning drinking, don't get up at seven thirty to hit the mountain before everybody else does. Any <laughs> bad? Uh, that was my weekend. So anyway, good. You guys have a good one. <laughs> you need you need to know the rules. If what is you're the gonna rule? get if you're gonna get under four hours of sleep, you don't go to bed. It's, uh, I, yeah, I guess I don't know. I, just, I made a lot <laughs> sure. of bad decisions this weekend. That was just one of them. So no, I'm just <laughs> speaking from personal experience. If you're gonna get less than four hours of sleep, once you get into that three o'clock hour, just stay up. You'll be better for that first yeah, half of the I day. I tried, man. And then I take a nap later. I was drunk watching Dunkirk. I just got through that. I was like, <laughs> I was bad. Anyway, I'm having a good one. <laughs> Sorry, I almost said something uh, vicious towards the movie Dunkirk, but we're, we're not going to go there. Yeah, so a, fi a final thank you to the 1,200 of people we have hopping in there. Obviously, really, really appreciate that. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave reviews, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, RSS Feed, and here on Haps. And if you subscribe here on Haps, you could also be one of our amazing monthly sponsors that we will get we'll get a weekly shout out on this show and who knows maybe we'll make the other two guys do some weird stuff on video form i haven't decided but that's when you get to the upper tiers of monthly donations we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out uh, remember to subscribe to us on youtube as well for both the full-length shows that is streaming live now and we'll be there after the fact for you guys to watch as well as tidbits broken down of bets or DraftKings or anything along those lines like comment and share please spread the word we want to keep growing to talk to even more people and with that let's roll mm -hmm.